When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Okay, today in Sefer HaGadah, we find a very interesting description of Yehoshua, the successor of Moshe Rabbeinu. We, we don't have much about Yehoshua in the Tanakh in terms of his... Uh, uh, ideology or leadership skills and all that. Mostly he appears in Sefer Yeshua as a warrior, he conquered Eretz Yisrael. But then towards the end of the book, in chapter 23-24, he, uh, he argues with the, uh, with the people of uh, the tribe of Gad and Reuven, who wanted to, uh, they, built, they built their own altar, their own Mizbeah, on the other side of the Jordan, and he was very uh, upset with them saying that, you know, what you're doing now, we're going to promote idolatry, Abu Dazarad, they explained their, uh, their motives, they did it just as a, a reminder that they have a temple in Eretz Yisrael. And later on he says the famous statement, the, your forefathers always dwelt on the other side of the river, the father of Avram and Nahor, and they worshipped idols. And this is something that we say in the Haggadah. And then he gives Am Yisrael the option. This is the, maybe the most important speech of Yehoshua. He gives them the option. He says, you've already, you already had this history of, of being uh, idol worshippers, pagans. If you want, you have a choice now. You can, you can worship any gods you want. And me and my household, we will be the ones that serve Hashem. And of course, everybody says, no, we will... Uh, we will stick with you, we stick with Hashem, and they do a, 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 an official ceremony and they sign the covenant. And this is a... Is that your original Tanakh. guilt trip? It's not guilt trip. It's, <laughs> it's yeah, I mean, guilt, yeah, but there were several guilt trips in, in Tanakh. As, you know, uh, every prophet does that. <clears throat> but what we have here is the... Um, is we have all the elements of what we could call the reenactment of the covenant. Every time there's a major shift or a major uh, transition in the life of the Jewish people, you have a reenactment of the covenant where you tell the story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, which basically says, God took you out of Egypt. He, this is his part of the contract. Now you have to follow him. This is your part of the contract. And you have the concept of witnesses. Yoshua has, has a rock where they write the Amanah. Nehemiah and Ezra write it on, on a scroll. Moshe summons the heaven on the earth. You always have witnesses, contract, the story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, and the commitment. So anyway, this is what we have in the Tanakh. But Achalim says something interesting about Yoshua. One is in the Gemara, and in Eruvin, the other one is in the Gemara, Bava Kama. He said this, Yoshua, Ohev Yisrael haya, Amad v'tiken lahem derachim usratia. Yoshua loved the Jewish people, and therefore, he built for them roads, uh, minor roads and major roads. Drachim are minor roads. And stratia comes from the Latin word strata, which street. in street, right, strata means levels because the, the Romans invented the system of uh, paving 
streets in layers because they realize that if you do uh, want only dirt or only stones with the, with the weather everything changes so they they invented the system of putting layers where you put uh, dirt and stones and, and a couple stones you know differently and they really paved roads throughout the Roman empires uh, Roman Empire so the word strata is still used today in autostrata in Italian and in Hebrew people call the highways even though it should be called Derich HaMelech but they call it Autostrada Akvisha Mahir is called Autostrada so we have this word strata uh, means layer so the interesting thing is that what Hachamim did here probably they're trying to project the image of Yoshua as a, as a king or as a leader to cast him in the image of the Roman conquerors of Eretz Israel, because people were so impressed by the Romans. There's the famous story in the Gemara where three rabbis or four people were sitting together uh, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, Rabbi Yosei, and Yehuda ben Gerim, and they were talking about the Roman Empire. And one of them said, Wow, look, the, the Roman Empire is great. They built aqueducts, they built roads, they built bridges, bathhouses. The other one doesn't, didn't say anything. The third one said, All they do. They do it to charge taxes and tolls and so on. So we, they had this debate. I mean, for people, it was it was hard to see that all of a sudden you have this, you know, foreign government which is so which is so uh, uh, efficient. So they said our government was the same, even though from a historical point of view, Yoshua could not have built. Strata, stratia, because the technology didn't exist at the time. But that's that's one that's one element the Gemara. The other one, uh, the other discussion the Bavakama is very interesting because it speaks about the conditions that Yeshua made with Am Israel with the, with the, with the Israelites when they came into Israel. So now from the reading that what I just said in Shofetim in the, in Yeshua, we know that the, the covenant was all about observing the Torah and the Mitzvot. When you look at the Tanaim. What are the conditions when you think of what would be the condition, 10 conditions, like 10 commandments that Yoshua uh, negotiates with the people? You would think he made the condition you have to keep Shabbat, you have to eat kosher, right? All these things. Instead, the Gemara says the following He said, according to the Gemara, now that you're going to divide the land and each tribe is going to have its territory, don't be too rigid. Don't chase people out of your territory, either as a tribe or as an individual that has control over a certain land. If someone has grazing animals and they come into a forest, an open forest that is on your land, and they just graze between the trees, don't, meaning this, he said this should be public property. You cannot own a forest. This is the, the, the statement of the Gemara. We don't know if it really comes from the time of Yoshua or that those are um, conditions that were uh, instituted by the rabbis and they attributed to Yoshua to give it higher authority because we have none, none of that uh, is, is uh, attested to in, in, uh, in the written uh, Torah or the Tanakh. But it's interesting to, to look at that when they say the, the Horashim the forests are an open space. This is about 2,000 years before the, uh, the idea of creating national parks in America. You know, national parks in America, that was an innovation for, for the country to say, we are going to preserve 
the natural space and not make it into uh, into fields and all that. And Yoshua says, do you keep the Horashim, the forests, for, you know, that everybody can use them? <laughs> the other one was, <laughs> you are allowed to gather uh, uh, branches from someone else's uh, field. Because if, if the, it's scared by the wind, falls from trees, the... He asked people not to be upset if people come and they gather what is what is scattered on the ground. Uh, the next one was melaktim uh, asavim. They also allowed to pick grass, except for one specific one called clover tiltan, because this is used for grazing. Kotmim netiot bechol makom chutzmi grofiot shelzayit. They allowed to uh, trim trees freely. Certain trees they allowed to take branches from them, except for the olive tree in, under certain conditions. And when there's a new spring that was discovered, it belongs primarily to the people of the city. That's important in terms of the of water distribution. Who owns the the spring? That's an interesting term. Well, you know what the word mehakim It doesn't mean to wait, like we say today, hakot, but to put haka to fish with a with a fishing rod. Until today, <coughs> fishing is controlled by the, I mean, in America, it's controlled by the government. If you go, there's some places you want to go fishing, even for leisure, you need a, you need a license, but that goes all the way back to, to the, what, what the Gemara says. You have license to fish with a fishing rod, anywhere you want. But you cannot, you're not allowed to park your boat anchor your boat in the middle of the of the lake of Kineret and throw nets because that would be too much you are taking the parnasa of others that is interesting because in another place in the Gemara Masechel Bava Batra second chapter there are a couple of pages uh, from 22 on that discuss the idea of of a clientele and a territory so they said Meaning, if I set shop at a certain place, I'm sitting at the, at the river bank, and I fish, and I'm, I know I'm fishing, and you want to come and sit next to me, the Gemara says, no, you, you, you can't sit in the same place, because I've already drawn the fish by baiting them, whatever, and you have to move at a certain uh, distance, you say a mile, half a mile, whatever it was. And remember that back then, they're talking about people who are fishing for, for food and for panasa. From that... That the Gemara wants to derive, uh, uh, to draw an analogy to the question of store owners. Like, for example, I have a bakery, right? I open a bakery, and someone wants to come and open a bakery right next door to me. Can I say, you're taking my clientele because I already got people used to coming to my, to my place? And there's a whole discussion. It really it depends on the definition of the territory. Either it's like, it's a, where, is, where is my store? Is it in the dead end? Meaning that whoever is channeled into this place must come to my store. Is it an open space? Today, the answer will be, you know, you have a global market. So there's no really, there's no real, there are no real limits to say, this is my territory, this is your territory. But the same concept could still exist when someone develops a certain type of marketing or product and someone else uh, undermines him and takes that probably will, will fall under this category of not to take uh, other people's uh, established uh, 
of Parnasa or tres, a trespassing their territory. Uh, the next one is sounds very uh, mundane and trivial. Vinifnim one who needs to relieve himself while traveling, walking, is allowed to go behind the fence into someone's field and relieve himself, even if the field is planted with karkom, even though it sounds like the word kurkum in Hebrew, which means uh, turmeric. It, uh, karkom is saffron, so very, or something of the sort. Very, very expensive. It says, yeah, that even that, why? Because this is sort of like, the mutual consensus. I let you do it. If you travel, you can come into my field. And when I travel and I come into your field, I'll have to do it also. Sort of like this is the idea of, uh, of civility and, and uh, people supporting each other. And also people are allowed to walk in the fields, certain fields, until the second rain come, comes because the fields are, are, are still... Uh, in, a, in a state where you could walk through them. And, I mean, if you walked in certain suburbs in America, you know that there are certain places where there are no, no, there's no room for pedestrians. So back then it was not a question of, like, walking in the side, you know, on the roadside. There was no room at all. They were all fields. Um, and also if if the road is, uh, is rocky and you can't walk, you're allowed to go in the field. If one uh, got lost between the vineyards, he's allowed to cut through the, the, the vines until he, not to cut physically, but to make a shortcut, until he finds um, a place. Otherwise, he'll have to be stuck in one place until the owner of the vineyard comes and says, this is the, the path that you're allowed to take. Today, to solve this problem of getting lost in the vineyards, if you drive and you see vineyards, they're all like straight lines. This is uh, um, very uh, accurate, but back then it wasn't the same thing. And also that someone who, uh, who died on the road, and, on the road and, nobody, and they don't know who the relatives are, which was, at the time, it was a very common thing. People didn't have identification uh, uh, methods on them. So if someone was traveling, died on the road because of disease or accident or whatever, could have been there for a couple of days. When they come upon the body, they don't know who is, who are the relatives. They can't find out. So the halakha was, you don't uh, transport the body somewhere else, but you bury the person wherever he died. So all these things together, very interesting because they're not written in the Tanakh, but what they have in common is the idea that when you, you speak about those are the ten conditions that Yoshua makes with people when, when they come into Eretz Israel, And they're not about the, the, the ritual, halachot, kashrut, shabbat, all these. It's about mutual respect, sharing resources, like creating a uh, sort of like a, a, an autonomous government that takes care of each other. So this is an idea also appears in the, in the commentary of Ramban, maybe it was uh, influenced by this, Rabbi Moshe ben Nachman, uh, in his commentary on Sefer Shemot, when he speaks of what happened in Marah, the lake of the bitter water. The Torah says, after the Hashem made a miracle and the, and the water became sweet, the Torah says, Sham Sam Lo, Hoku Mishpat, Nisau. In that place, 
God gave Bnei Israel laws and regulations, and that's where he tried them. So, what are the laws and regulations? Rashi says, Shabbat, um, Shabbat, Dinim Para Aduma. The, the, uh, the idea of a legislative uh, system, the laws of Shabbat, and the laws of uh, purity and impurity of, of the dead. Ramban says something else. Ramban says, because they're now traveling, they go into what is called no man's land, the desert. Moshe established for them rules on how to behave as a traveling camp going through the territories of other nations. Not to invade, not to, to loot, not to destroy other people's territories. Very interesting concept to realize that this is an integral part of the, uh, uh, the Torah and the whole system of mitzvot. So even though this is brought in Sefer Agadai's in Midrash, it has a very important uh, halachic uh, weight that it carries with it. Okay. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.